there is another city in China that has gone into a full lockdown, while another Omicron variant has begun to emerge. Coupled with this, the infections in Europe are on the rise again. The war in the Ukraine has been overshadowing developments regarding COVID-19. Just this lessening of visibility gives the impression that post-pandemic America has arrived. Or has it? Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Public officials are indicating because hospitalizations are down, as infections also seem to be, this is the reason for lifting restrictions. However, are these valid measures to use? And with the rate of the unvaxxed still hovering above 30 percent and no vaccine yet for children age five and under, we ask, is this the right time for lowering our cautions? Since it seems we are being placed on our own, this may be a good time to find out the best way to do it. We continue this program on COVID health safety with, from the University of Colorado Anschutz Health Center, the Professor of Immunology and Microbiology, Dr. Ross Kettle. Similarly, there are other tools now that are really good at um, these pills, uh, some, some antiviral pills from Pfizer that, are, that help block um, they're directly antiviral, but if you take them at the right time, they help, you know, drop the levels of virus. Sure. So even for people who are immune compromised um, and, and may not have as strong of immunity, even though they've tried to, to get vaccinated and, and boost their immunity, there are a lot of tools they can they can access that will help prevent serious consequences of infection. There's an antibody infusion called Evushield that, that helps um, for a long-term amount of time will help protect um, immune compromised people. There... So for the vast majority of us, the risk um, from the unvaccinated is now just remarkably small. Remarkably and small. At this okay. point, yeah, right. at this point in the, in the in the pandemic, that that so that said, if you are, what, I'll take me for example, a 52 year old and you know reasonably good health, and no significant risk factors, immune, you know, vaccinated and boosted, I don't find myself at risk as I go around, even in large groups, I don't feel compelled to mask up. I'm not, I'm not deeply concerned about getting an infection. I, I, that will happen at some point, but I'm not very concerned. All the data says I don't need to be really concerned about the serious consequences of that infection. If I was, you know, 72 years old Uh with type two diabetes, even if I'd been vaccinated and boosted, getting a breakthrough infection that might have, uh, has a higher chance of having an increased chance of having a higher risk for me. And so I might weigh that differently. I might in what, you know, crowded settings, I might decide to get an N95 and, you know, mask up and and protect myself. I, you know, again, you're not going to be able to bank on everybody else masking up, which, which I think is reasonable. You know, there are consequences, social and emotional and, and, and economic consequences to the path we've taken to try and prevent the spread the social distancing and the masking, those were appropriate at a particular time when we had no other tools at our disposal. But now you have the ability to sort of determine your own level of risk and then enact your own level of prevention uh, as you see fit. And including down to getting an N95, and if you want to wear one, you wear that properly and it it provides better protection than if two people were wearing, you know, standard surgical mask. That is the key, though, as you were saying, is to determine your own level of risk. I mean, to be honest with yourself, determine your own level of risk and then follow up with whatever prevention measures you need to take to keep yourself safe. We've been understandably and reasonably, we've sort of outsourced that decision 
uh, as to what we should be doing collectively. We've outsourced that to things like the CDC and government agencies and health departments. And we're at an era now not of sort of, of, of prevent and, and stay away, but we're in more of a controlled exposure phase of the pandemic. Uh-huh. It's actually to the benefit of everybody else if my immunity is as high as it can possibly get. I will actually help protect and maintain herd immunity by, by giving myself some degree of controlled exposure. Um, to because I can I can sustain that without significant risk to myself. So there is now a benefit to to doing so now that we have an, an underlying base of immunity to work off of. There's a, there's a benefit to that. And what's important is that we can't I don't and I can't and I don't think we ought to anymore at this moment in in the pandemic. If if you know all hell breaks loose and a whole new variant comes roaring out, well we have to pay attention to that. And we need to be sensitive to if that's the case to be able to respond and agree with the health organizations whose job it is to try and keep us safe. Um, but if they are constantly telling us we have to just stay away from each other, there are there are many consequences to that. And we're at a phase where I think we can safely. Um, choose our own level of risk that we're comfortable with and, and act accordingly. And it's up, it's up to you to not, you know, tell everybody else what to do. That's not your job anymore. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's now everybody's individual job to make that decision for themselves and their families. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most unfortunate parts of the pandemic is how um, certain tools became symbols very quickly. Yeah. And as soon as a tool becomes a symbol, it really hampers our ability to use it. The masks early on became the symbol of the right, um, of the political right, as a as a joke and a you know this isn't really real and it's not really happening and there's no such thing as COVID. And then later it became a symbol of the left to say, well, this is how I show I care. If you're not wearing one of these, you know, it became just tremendous virtue signaling kind of a thing. Sure. Neither one of those is help, help, helpful to me. I just need to use it as a tool, as a scientist. We need to be able to leverage it when it's useful and be able to drop it when it's not. And if you make things a symbol, then they stop becoming tools. And I'm saying things when I, when I say it, when I advocate for something or when I say it, we're done with it, I'm saying stuff that I don't want to, I don't want to have to be saying. So <laughs> making symbols of tools is a very bad idea. I think we've, that's one conclusion from this. I don't know that we'll be able to stop doing it, unfortunately. No. But it continues to be that way, and it's really hard to fight through that symbolism to just get back to, okay, what tools do we have? We have a lot at our disposal. You are now responsible for using them in the way you see fit and, and drop your judgment against anybody you see either with or without a mask because they're trying to do the same thing for themselves. Yeah, because a number of people will see somebody else wearing a mask saying, well, don't you know you don't have to do that anymore and put the, mm-hmm. so, the social pressure on them to conform mm-hmm. with what other people are doing. And mm-hmm. uh, so we have to have a degree of our own personal commitment and fortitude to our own health to resist that and say thank you for sharing and keep going. Yeah, and, and it's it's actually happening. I think as much in the other direction now, where there's becoming a uh, um, there's becoming a a a, uh, a certain sector that that is not valuing the vaccines as meaningful. Um, there's two kinds in the New York Times. They laid out the, um, really nicely. There's sort of two kinds of vaccine skepticism. One to say that vaccines are useless, but second of all. To, to demand everybody get vaccinated, but then pretend like they don't do any good. Um, and both of them are being vaccine skeptics. It turns out the vaccines are very good at protecting you. And so um, there is still a subset of people who feel, you know, they did a survey recently where um, certain subset of people think that they are more at risk after having been vaccinated and boosted than anybody over the age of 65 happens to be. And, you know, those are just, those are opinions that are not consistent with any available data. Right. It's so people no on both data. sides are, yeah, people on both sides are, 
are are taking their own personal opinions and leveraging them to either try and try and pressure people into or out of mask wearing. And and I think neither of those things is useful at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. What are we still doing about children that are under five? They can still Mm -hmm. I mean, they can't be vaccinated yet. So kids um, under the age of five, I think that vaccine, my guess is over the next four to six months, you'll see the vaccine become approved for kids that young. My guess is. Um, time will tell, but they're they're doing another dose and seeing that they dosed it really really low um, for the kids that that young, and so it's it seems likely that it'll take three shots um, rather than just the two. But um, I, so I think that'll be coming out soon, and parents who want to avail themselves of that, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be an important tool for them. Um, thankfully, kids have never been uh, severely the, the risk to kids um, that young has always been very 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 low. Um, uh, the, the risk of serious consequences of infection have, have been extremely low. Um, and so that's, that's been fortunate. I think we've been very lucky. Typically, viruses um, often don't do that. Often viruses affect both the very young and the very old uh, most severely. And um, uh, in this particular case, for reasons we're not totally clear on, SARS-CoV-2 more, um, more seriously affects um, uh, those who are elderly than it does kids. So fortunately, even without vaccines, kids that young are, are uh, not very significantly affected. Um, yeah, I, I, found, I found that pretty, uh, pretty interesting when I first read about that, because having had ch- children, that young, those young ages is when they are developing immunity. So you would think they would be, if they became infected, it could be really, really harsh, but it hasn't been, and they still were developing immunity yet. The fact that kids that young are, are so um, uh, have such diminished risk to overt infection has has been one of the the interesting mysteries of of SARS-CoV-2, um, and and we're like I said we're fortunate for that. I think it has um, it has significantly altered the public approach to SARS-CoV-2 because the and it's maybe revealed some of our our tendency to to um, de-emphasize the severe consequences to the elderly. A major difference between this pandemic and back in the polio era, I mean, there's a lot of differences between here and there, but in the 50s when polio was 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 um, running rampant, it was really affecting kids. And that had a really severe effect on uh, whether people were interested in getting the vaccine or not. Right. Um, when, something, when something threatens our children, we pay a lot more closer attention to it, and the COVID, you know, the, the COVID nineteen era has shown us that maybe we're not paying as good of attention to something when it most significantly affects our elderly. So the the, the, the upside of that is that kids are at continue to be at a, at a low risk. A very strong argue, argument can be made that we frankly never really should have been necessarily masking up grade schools. Um, that never was. There are consequences to that. Um, that have been really negative for kids socially and emotionally over the last couple of years that are very, very problematic to come out of. And, um, and the benefits to the, the circulation of infection um, uh, are, are, are less, considerably less benefits. Um, now, that's not to say it's nothing, because certainly the, the big risk for kids that young not being vaccinated is the chances that they can, be, can infect grandma and grandpa, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. Ultimately, they could transmit it to somebody who does have significantly greater risk associated with infection. And so that's, that's really more of a, 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 probably a, a higher driving feature of getting kids under, that, under those ages vaccinated is to help prevent um, that spread to, to anywhere else or to serve as a reservoir for, um, for un, uh, an un, uh, unvaccinated reservoir for a new variant.
in the few moments we have left, for those who want to still uh, maybe be a little conservative about it and manage their health a little closer to the vest, uh, are there any important metrics that they need to take a look at regularly that they can uh, believe in? Hospitalizations, I don't know if that's the one. Is What would you recommend for them to just keep track of to make sure that they're going to be okay? It depends on uh, who we're talking about. Like I said before, if we're talking about somebody uh, anywhere under the age of 65 and in yeah. good health and vaccinated and boosted, um, the, the, the thing to keep an eye on is probably the rates of hospitalization. Um, case rates are not nearly as important at this stage of the game for somebody at, at our level of, of immunity as it is the hospitalization and the variant generation. If, if a new variant for some reason came out that was much more virulent and much more dangerous, then obviously you'd want to pay attention to that. And if it, if it came out that was that showed that it had a higher breakthrough infection rate, like Omicron was able to break through the vaccine levels of protection better than Delta did, but it was no more virulent and it was even a little bit more mild because it doesn't go deep into your lungs. It seems to replicate more up in your nose and your throat. So um, if a new variant came out that was very different and, and, and seemed to be more virulent than for your average vaccinated and boosted person, you know, that'd be the thing to pay attention to. Case rates are a little bit more interesting or a little bit more important for somebody who is maybe, you know, above 70, has some more risk factors. Um, I think you want to stay up to date on your vaccines. Anytime they give you a chance to get boosted, I would say go get boosted. Yeah. <laughs> because as, as an elderly person, your, your immunity wanes more quickly. And so um, you definitely want to stay up to date on all the vaccines and boosters you're allowed to have. Um, and and as, if the case rates really start to rise, um, then that's something, you know, a breakthrough infection could potentially be a little bit more uh, concerning for you. And again, you have to sort of decide your own risk factor. If, if you want to mask up around your grandkids when case rates are high, then, you know, that's, of course, your call. Other other people will decide, you know what, I just kind of want to be with my grandkids. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. you know, that's going to be up for you. I think if you're unvaccinated, um, uh, you're you're at risk at high risk. Um, and and it, that risk is dropping because the levels of Omicron are dropping, but the virus isn't going away and it's going to rise and fall in the background and it will eventually hunt you down. And so if you don't have any immunity at all, you do not want to be caught in that circumstance. And so you are at significant risk, regardless of who you are, um, for potential uh, serious consequences. And so um, go get vaccinated. Dr. Ross Kettle. Professor of Immunology and Microbiology at the University of Colorado and Schultz Medical Campus. We thank him for being our guest again on this edition on how we can still keep going forward and being safe and straightening out a lot of the confusion. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Keep vaccinated for yourself and your family's health. Mask up if necessary. Keep your space when going out. And we do appreciate you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.